show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese here with you as we wrap up week 13 in the NFL with some waiver wire pickups and, of course, some news and notes from across the NFL. A pretty Another wild week, Marchese. And actually, you know what? It's, it was a ton of injuries, just like an absolute gargantuan amount of injuries. Guys getting released like Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G going down. So will, will Baker Mayfield be the QB of... San Francisco 49ers for the foreseeable future, or will it just be Brock Purdy, i.e. Mr. Irrelevant? Will, you know, there's Kenneth Walker jamming his ankle. They described it as like a, you know, when you jam your thumb playing basketball, that's how they described it. Like he jammed his ankle in that his ankle got pushed into the rest of his foot, which honestly, I don't even understand how that happens. So just a whole slew of injuries. Lamar Jackson also getting injured. Maybe he's going to miss a week or two, perhaps. So, it's just been a mess all over the NFL and uh, another very heavy bye week coming up in week 14. So another thing to keep your eye on as the playoffs approach for a lot of people. Um, I just want to pull, I'm going to pull back the curtain for, uh, for our listeners here, Matt. Okay. I'm at sure. the backup studio here at Sportsnet 590. The fan is where we record a lot of things where some of the shows get put on when the cameras are in use and so on. So I'm in the backup studio here at home. And when I was coming, when I was walk, I came out of the elevators and I walked over here where kind of like the backup studio, full disclosure is near where 680 news is, is where kiss 925 is where CHFI is. So I was walking down the hallway, the bridge that leads over to this side of the building. And I think I must've like startled the, cause it's a like very late at night right now. It, they must've startled the janitor. Cause I don't think they saw me. I think, I think, I think they were wearing like headphones and I was walking by and they turned around and like the hallway is like pretty much pitch black and they like jumped and then as they jump, they're just like staring at me like, who the F is this guy? And then I kid you not, like the lights in the hallway flickered and like went out for like half a second. And all I could think of was like, I'm going to die. Like, this is how, this is, this is, this a, hor- is how this a horror, horror movie. movie. Yeah, this is, this is the end. This is the end for old show here. Luckily the lights, they did come back on within a couple seconds and then I just booked it right out of that hallway. But, oh man, that was, uh, that freaked me out. So that's a, that's a good start to the fantasy show taping here today. It's your your episode there was as scary as all the injuries that happened this week and some of the <laughs> gameplay that we saw, like that Broncos Ravens game, which ooh, was an absolute ooh. tire fire. My God. And and the and the 30 point fourth quarter for the Dallas Cowboys yeah. against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it was a weird week. And honestly, like it's only going to get weirder. That's the worst part of all of this. Like you mentioned the bye weeks and then the injuries like. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone right now. And the worst part of all this show is that football's like, especially from a fantasy perspective, it's almost done. Yeah. Like this, I hate how short this season is. Like I get why it is, but man, this is, it's going to be a battle this week. Like, I mean, there's a lot, too many injuries at key positions. Um, But you know what show I will say the one thing that really warmed my heart this weekend was seeing DeAndre Swift be off the injury report and finally get a workload. And he and what did he do with it? Oh, I don't know. Just get another touchdown, put up over 110 yards. I mean, yeah, no. Let's let's just keep giving Jamal Williams the ball. That was the one thing that warmed my heart this weekend. Jamal Williams still scored a touchdown, right? Of course he yeah. did because that's because because <laughs> he. I was shocked when so DeAndre Swift. On uh, I don't remember how far out he was, but he makes a he makes a catch and he takes it to the one yard line, and everybody and their grandfather's going, "Oh, here comes Jamal Williams again!" And they left DeAndre Swift in there 
for a one-yard run. And my God, did you know, show that DeAndre Swift can score from the one-yard line as well? Like, Jamal Williams is not the only running back in Detroit that can score from the one-yard line. It's crazy. I never, I never thought we would see the day. Yeah, apparently, uh, who knew? Jamal Williams, or pardon me, DeAndre Swift is a, a very talented football player. Who, who knew when he's, when he's healthy, works, right? Eh? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, he is, uh, it's it's true. We saw him get the, if not the, and I, I say this with no pun intended, if not the lion's share of the workload down there, but he he got a pretty significant chunk of it. And I mean, if he continues to stay healthy, I see no reason why that can't continue. Something tells me from like a real life workload standpoint, we might just see, a split going forward. But I mean, the, the development that he just got more touches than Jamal Williams just by itself, I think is a win. So I, uh, I will definitely take it. And I think a lot of swift owners will take that as well. Um, real quick, before we get to the waiver wire stuff, um, how excited are you to talk about Taysom Hill again? You know, Taysom Hill is going to be, it's like that, that scene from Lord of the Rings where they're like meats back on the menu. Well, Taysom Hill's back on the menu. <laughs> he scored a 30 yard touchdown on Monday night football. He's like with all the various buys and like, plus the injuries, the various tight ends, like the tight end landscape is grim. So I guarantee you, we're going to be fielding some Taysom Hill questions. Yeah, we are, aren't we? And there's no reason to, I mean, Jawan <laughs> Johnson was a late, like there was no indication that he was going to miss the game. And then Saturday he just got ruled out. And then it was kind of like, Oh boy. Um, now what the heck do I do? Uh, was it Saturday or was it yesterday that uh, Sunday that he was ruled? out? Anyway, I can't remember. It was a late, a late add to the inactives. And it was kind of like, Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, Adam Troutman's going to get some work and yeah, Taysom Hill will be there. But the thing is, is that like Taysom Hill caught a 30 yard pass. Taysom Hill doesn't catch any passes. And he catches a 30-yard touchdown pass. And it had to be the night that I needed a Chris Olave touchdown. It had to be. <laughs> it had to be Taysom Hill. He is he is literally the Grim Reaper of fantasy football. Yeah, he's the fantasy Grinch, which I feel is appropriate given that we are so close to Christmas. But uh, yeah, he's the he's the fantasy Grinch. He it's one of those guys, he's one of those guys that like you you never guess right. Like if you guessed right with Taysom Hill, it is probably, and I say this with like no rancor, it is probably just dumb luck because that was because, me. Yeah. Because that was me. Is, I started him the week. He put up 30 points. There you go. So like, yeah. I mean, and then, and then, then the problem is you fall into the trap of wanting to start him all the time because you For know, the next that's three weeks ceiling. like yeah. I did. Oh, brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's I get not it. Great. I get it. Yeah. I hate Taysom Hill again. He's on he's on the naughty list again. Absolutely. He is 1,000%. Despite scoring a touchdown, he is absolutely on the naughty list. Uh, if you want to send us or get ready to send us your fantasy questions, um, if, you, if you're a regular listener of the show and you're going to tune in on Sunday live when we do this show on the radio, you can always text us at 590-590, name and location, and we will answer all of your fantasy questions on the text line, the people's text line. And of course, if you want to ever tweet at us at SNS alley uh, with two L's where you can find me on Twitter at Maddie Mar 89 is where you can find Matt. And of course at the fantasy show on Twitter is where you can find the show as well. Um, let's get to the waiver wires though. Waiver wire pickups, injury news and notes. And we kind of went over some of the injury news and notes. These pair, this pair of guys are, are two players we talked about last week and Jordan Mason and Tyrion Davis price were two pretty hot pickups because you didn't really know with Elijah Mitchell out who was going to feel the majority of the touches behind Christian McCaffrey. And it looks like the knee irritation was simply that that is that it was a, uh, it was knee irritation. So 
Uh, it looks like he handled a, just an absolute monster workload and he did not get banged up, I, as far as we know, on Sunday. So that's always good to hear. But Jordan Mason, you have him over Tyrion David, Davis Price as the backup. And it certainly looks like that's the case. I don't think Tyrion Davis Price touched the ball once. Did he even see the field? I'm not even nope. sure, honestly. No touches. Nope. Yeah, so Jordan Mason had eight carries for 51 yards. He was the only other running back to carry the ball outside of Christian McCaffrey. The only other player I believe to re- uh, record a carry was Debo Samuel. I think he had four. So it, this looks like the clear handcuff to me. And I'm not, he's Jordan Mason is here because if listen, Christian McCaffrey, generally speaking, hasn't been healthy over the last two years. He he's healthier this year. And, but there's always the chance that he goes down and Jordan Mason's going to walk into a pretty decent workload. Is he going to get the Christian McCaffrey workload? No. He's not, but in that offense, Kyle Shanahan's offense, he probably gets 15 carries if Christian McCaffrey were to go down. So he is there strictly as a handcuff on this list, but the fact that he was the only other running back to carry the ball, that to me is a good sign. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I, I for one, like I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner in one league and I just picked up both Davis price and Mason, like just to be on the safe side, I had an extra bench spot. So I figured, okay, well, I mean like just in case you might as well, like just be pragmatic about it. And I think I can safely feel okay about dropping uh, Mr. Davis price to the waiver wire and may- maybe pick up one of these guys, maybe pick up someone else. Um, a couple of your other players here, you have a couple other uh, running backs and a couple of wide receivers and a, a QB as well. Let's do the QB first, because I'm like, honestly, like not sure what to expect from this guy going forward. Mike White, of course, QB for the New York Jets, rostered in 18% of Yahoo leagues. I, I honestly wasn't sure if we were going to get another good performance from him. And it certainly, it probably wasn't as productive as his performance against the Bears because the Vikings are better than the Bears. But at the same time, he did put up points for the Jets. Like the offense moved down the field. And again, is this is this at least in part because, uh, is this in part because the Vikings were were had a, had a large lead for much of the game and were kind of let the Jets get back into it by having to throw the ball. Yes, to a certain degree, but there's like you can't deny that the offense of the New York Jets just looks better with Mike White than it did with Zach Wilson. For sure, and that's back-to-back 300-plus yard games. And you can say, okay, in the first game, he had 369 yards, but he had to throw the ball 57 times. This past week, not so much. He only threw the ball 28 times. He completed 22 of 28 passes for 315 yards, and he had three touchdowns. Now, is the schedule great this week coming up? No, they play the Bills. Now, having said that, the Bills have given up points to quarterbacks this year. Have they been better lately? Sure. I mean, they 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 beat up against... they. They beat up against New England's offense, which isn't very good right now, and that's not saying much. But after the Buffalo game, when we get into the playoffs, Show he has got a beautiful schedule going up against Detroit and Jacksonville. So here's a scenario you lose, let's say, because Jimmy Garoppolo was good the last few weeks before he got hurt. So let's say you lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's say maybe you lost Lamar Jackson. Let's say you've been, you know, kind of rotating through quarterbacks. Maybe Jared Goff is one of them. Is anybody going to have a better schedule in the playoffs for the first two weeks than Mike White? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So I, for me, as someone who actually lost both Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo in a single QB league, I'm probably picking up Mike White. I'm already going to qualify for the playoffs, so I may not play him this week 
against Buffalo. Maybe I, I play somebody else. But Mike White is probably going to be starting for me week one of the playoffs if Lamar Jackson's not back. As dumb as that may sound, the proof is in the pudding. It's not as if they played like, okay, you could say against Chicago, it was like, oh, well, you know, or Chicago's not very good. Their defense sucks. But Minnesota is a team that is challenging for top spot in the NFC. This is no slouch. And Mike White just threw for 315 and three touchdowns against them. And he did not throw an interception in that game where he threw two against Chicago. I really like Mike White as a pickup. And there's no reason to believe that even if he has a rough outing against Buffalo, that they're going to go back to Zach Wilson. I just don't see that scenario happening. Yeah, uh, it'd be tough, right? It'd be really tough. I know they have, they didn't win the game against the Vikings, but that was a, that, that was a very close game in the end. Like it, it came down to the last couple of plays, essentially, in that game. And it, it was, they almost won. Yeah, they had they, the ball at like the five-yard line, yeah. and they almost had a touchdown in the game. Yeah, exactly. So I, 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 I'm fully on board with this. Mike White, especially in two QB leagues, should be rostered, right? Especially 18% should be higher rostered than that. Uh, let me ask you, I want to ask you a quick question. Uh, before we go, not right this second, but before we go, I have a keeper question for you, and it involves Garrett Wilson, okay? Garrett Wilson. Just keep that in the back of your mind. We'll get to Garrett Wilson got before it. we go. Um, we have three more ones from you here. I got one as well. I actually got two for you, but we'll get to yours first. Uh, you talked about this on the show live and we did it on Sunday, but James Cook rostered in 24% of Yahoo leagues certainly looks like he's getting worked into the game plan a little bit more. And he played on Thursday night. So a bit of an extra, some, some extra rest for the bills, just generally speaking. But James Cook, I, I have a feeling the value for Cook probably lies more in half and full PPR leagues than standard, but still at 24%, I expect that number to go up after, uh, after Wednesday. Yeah, it, it absolutely should. I mean, there, there is a chance that we are slowly seeing the changing of the guard at running back in Buffalo. Let's not forget Devin Singletary is a free agent at the end of the year. And they, they spent draft capital on James Cook for a reason. The reason is he's very adept as a pass catcher. He's fast. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of Alvin Kamara. And I'm not saying that he's the same player, but I mean, over 100 all-purpose yards, he had 20 touches to Devin Singletary's 14. Yes, did they did they use their running backs a lot? Sure, they did. How much of that has to do with the fact that they don't throw the ball deep all that much? A lot of it has to do with that. But that's that's the focal point of the offense now. We talked about it on Sunday. You know, them not having a... a you know, a consistent slot receiver like Cole Beasley has changed the way that this offense runs. And now with Ken Dorsey at the helm, remember Ken Dorsey was the quarterback's coach in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey was there earlier in Ken Dorsey's coaching career. And he's seen what happens when you use the running backs and how important they can be. This was not a staple of Brian Dayball, partially because they really didn't have that guy. And now they do. So I think that James Cook has a lot of value. I do agree with you. He's more valuable in half PPR and PPR formats. But even in standard, if he's getting 14 carries a week, and even if he's getting 15 touches a week, I think there's some value in a high-powered offense there. Former uh, Argos legend, Ken Dorsey, I might add. Let's not forget. <laughs> he actually, I, I think... Uh, I think he was Cleo Lemon's backup. I want to say, oh like for God. maybe for like, maybe for one season. And Cleo Lemon, former Miami Dolphin, yeah. great. How yeah. could we forget that? There you go. You know, it's funny. Like one of my um, one of my my mom, like my my uncle, basically, like mom's sister's husband, who has been married married into my family for like like sixty plus years, basically. Right? He used to be 
one of the groundskeepers. They used to live in Miami, and he used to be one of the groundskeepers for the University of the Miami, like for the U, right? Like at, for the actual university stadium. And I remember when they left Miami, they moved to Orlando, then they actually moved back here to Toronto. And my uncle has so much Ken Dorsey merch, like different, like Rose Bowl <laughs> merch, and like like U of T, like U of U of M, like the U merch, and so on, like Hurricanes merch, and so on. Like I, and he doesn't know what to do with it. So like I actually like was at their place. Maybe it was during over the course of the pandemic, but just like even re- relatively recently. And he's always trying, he knows I like football and he's always trying to offload Ken Dorsey stuff to me. And I just like, I don't know. I'd be like, I don't really want this. Like, I, I, I don't really have a place for Ken Dorsey merchandise, but I, I do. I, I now have, like, I'm not joking. I now have like a, basically what is like a Letterman jacket that is like all about the, the Miami hurricanes that he just like didn't really want. And all I think of was, man, I bet like some of the most hardcore Hurricanes fans don't have this. Like, pro- oh yeah, pro- like you, dude, you could sell that for a sweet profit. I'm pretty sure. I kind of want to keep it just in case I ever meet The Rock, and I can be like, look, yeah, I have this sick jacket, Mr. Johnson. Like, <laughs> look how cool this is. Anyway, Mr. Rock, <laughs> Mr. Thank Rock. you, Mr. Rock. Thanks, Mr. Thank you, Sir Rock. Thank you. <laughs> I, that's my. That's the only connection I will probably ever in a zillion years. Have to Ken Dorsey. Um, let's continue with the waiver wire pickups. Uh, we talked about Mike White, talked about James Cook, talked about Jordan Mason, Travis Homer, who is a Seattle a Seahawks running back. I mentioned the injury to Kenneth Walker and jamming the ankle. I still don't know how he, how you do that. Like versus like an ankle sprain, he jammed his ankle. Travis Homer is rostered in one percent of Yahoo leagues. You would think after Kenneth Walker, it'd be DJ Dallas, but DJ Dallas also got injured in that game somehow. And the Seahawks still pulled out a win on the back of Geno Smith, who threw for over like 360 yards, including a last second touchdown to DK Metcalf. So a fantastic game. Honestly, a really fun game. If you were not an owner of Kenneth Walker, but Travis Homer is now, I would think the backup, I think they're going to be testing Kenneth Walker over the next couple of weeks, but uh, still Travis Homer, if you need to pick up someone in this offense, I imagine it means they're just going to throw the ball a whole lot more. But uh, if you do need to pick up a running back for now, I would imagine it's Homer. Yeah, it does kind of feel like, well, in this case, Travis Homer didn't even play on, uh, on Sunday. He missed the game with illness. Now they're saying he may, he has to get an MRI. So this is one to monitor here, but he's the, like the last man standing in the backfield. Kenneth Walker gets hurt. DJ Dallas gets hurt. Geez, Tony Jones Jr. even got hurt. Like, literally, every, they had no running backs left, I'm pretty sure, on Sunday in that game against the Rams. So, Travis Homer, I would suspect, would get the early down work. And then, if DJ Dallas can go, then they would work him in. Listen, we're getting to crunch time here. And we know that Seattle does use their running backs a lot. And so, with that being said, you want to at least have a piece of the action. Travis Homer, to me, is the guy to have because I don't know what's going on with DJ Dallas. Tony Jones Jr. is not the guy there, and it does look like Kenneth Walker is going to miss at least a week. So if you're trying to get into the playoffs, Travis Homer is probably a guy. If you have Kenneth Walker on your roster, probably somebody that you want to have just in case. And, I mean, Travis Homer is... Is he a great running back? No, he's not. He's your typical backup running back. But he does catch the ball really well. So I do believe that he has some value in in half PPR and PPR formats. And especially if Walker is down, I think that he's going to end up with the early down work in Seattle. I'll say this about the just the Seattle running back situation. So next week, week 14, 
And like you said, Walker is probably going to miss that game. Uh, they are playing the Carolina Panthers next week, and that's not the greatest defense in the world. So I would imagine you can you can probably start Travis Homer if he is, in fact, the guy to get the bulk of the carries. Having said that, if Kenneth Walker does come back in week 15, keep in mind that the Seahawks are playing the San Francisco 49ers. And as we have seen, the 49ers, is, they are a very talented defense, and they're getting back more players that had been injured on defense. Like they're a lethal defense, especially against running backs. So I would just like, like even if you are like, oh, I'll just wait until Walker plays in week 15, I would just, I would just temper expectations. We're very, we're fond of saying that, but in this specific case, I would, I would absolutely just keep that in the back of your mind because he might, he, Homer or Walker might legitimately be sits against the San Francisco run defense, depending on their health. Right. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Your last waiver wire pickup, DJ shark rostered in 16% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Chark back off the uh, injured list. He's back off, back into the active roster and making plays. I know it's also re- relevant that the Lions just throw the ball a lot, and maybe that changes now that DeAndre Swift, as we talked about, seems to be more healthy. But at least for now, it's probably not worth like a super high waiver priority. But DJ Chark is probably worth a, a look. See if you are if you have a lower waiver priority, or maybe you think you might be able to snag him for you know quote unquote for free. Yeah, and and like the Lions do play fast, so they run a lot of plays, and that that I think is important because they still will run the ball probably, you know, twenty five to thirty times a game, but they will still throw the ball at least thirty times a game. That's kind of just how they've been operating. And DJ Chark is coming off five catches for ninety eight yards on six targets. He looks healthy. Listen, we've seen it could have been just a revenge game against Jacksonville, and that's part of it. But DJ Chark has talent. The, the one thing that we did learn is that Jameson Williams is going to get worked back slowly. I think he only played eight snaps or something like that in the game against Jacksonville. And I love Jameson Williams, but this year is not the year for Jameson Williams. I do not believe like if by the end of the season, he gets up to like a half, uh, like a 50% snap share on offense. That's probably the extent of it. And DJ Chark's got to show out. He's on a one year deal with Detroit and and he's probably looking for another place to play because if he wants to get paid, it's probably not going to be in Detroit. So he's got to show up here and down the stretch. I mean, look at, look at all the, the injuries and look at all the, um, all the, the teams on by like, you, you know, you've got like a guy like Christian Watson, you're not going to have available to you. Um, you know, Michael Pittman, you're uh, Paris Campbell, like guys like that. So you're going to be missing some really key guys. And, you know, a guy like DJ Chark could end up fitting the mold for you as a nice little flex play. And and like we said, Detroit's defense is bad enough that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot as long as their competition is half-assed decent. Yeah, I think you're right. You're probably right, all things considered, when it comes to the state of the Lions offense and that defense. Also, the Lions defense, shockingly good against the run. They're 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 not a great defense overall, but against running backs, they they did the thing to uh, Travis Etienne yesterday. Or and and I just I wonder, I wonder how much that can be counted on going forward. But hey, as long as the pass defense is porous, we know it's a passing league. The Lions will probably also have to be passing a lot to be uh, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. Uh, that does it for your waiver wire pickups. I just wanted to throw two more by you really quickly. Um, we talked about Kyron Williams last week, and for a couple times we've talked about Kyron Williams. And uh, this week, and in that same game against the Seahawks, the Rams basically just vanished Kyron Williams. He looked basically, yeah. for uh, for all intents and purposes, 
he did not exist, right? He just he was he was the he was the invisible man, and in his place, Cam Akers got to touch the ball, and he had two touchdowns. Like like honestly, that's just a straight guess. Like there's no way you could have possibly predicted that. I said this on the show on Sunday, but the his snap share, Kyron Williams' snap share, that is, had grown by like twenty to thirty percent every week since being activated to the point where he handled like 70% of the snap share last week, like in week on week 12 and then week 13, he was basically, uh, you know, the, a nobody essentially. Right. So it was kind of strange, but cam makers is rostered in 26%, uh, pardon me, 46% of Yahoo league. So I would say in most competitive leagues, he is probably rostered, but I am sure there are a couple of leagues out there where someone dropped him because they didn't think he was, he was worth rostering or they had just given up on him. I'm sure that happened last week. And I am also equally sure, Matt, that someone's going to have to rush out there and pick him up. I honestly, I, I can't with any confidence say that he is going to touch the ball as much as he did last week again in week, in week 14. But boy, I mean, like it's a guessing game at this point, but you might as well roster cam Akers because someone else is going to. You say it's a guessing game. Uh, this is not a guessing game. Sean McVay's a jackass. <laughs> This is not, that is not a guessing. Where the hell did that snap share come from? And that usage come from after we, the guy was basically traded. They, everybody's like, oh, they're just going to move on from Cam Akers. Oh, they need to, they need to get a look at Kyron Williams. They spent, they spent some draft capital on them and they've, and, and Cam Akers has already fallen out of favor with the coaching staff. I mean, absolutely Kyron Williams. And then Cam Akers shows up. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, Matthew Stafford's going to probably be out for the rest of the season. And we've got all this nonsense going on in the Rams backfield with John Wolford at quarterback. I mean, what a nightmare this is. But yes, you should probably pick up Cam Akers because even to block somebody else from taking them, you, you've got to do it. Yeah, I can't. I just, I can't. I saw him score the second touchdown because I was watching. Like, I had Geno Smith in a couple of leagues, and I thought to myself, okay, I need to watch this game to see how it ends because I desperately needed points from Geno, and he came through in the clutch for me. So, uh, long live Geno Smith. But I, because I was watching the game, I got to see the second Cam Makers TD and the look on his face. It, 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 he, he scored the second touchdown, and he almost was like, oh, thank God. Like, oh my God, I'm still, I'm still a good player. Like it was almost like he was checking, right? Oh, I can still score touchdowns. I I still have a pulse. Yeah. I'm still capable of playing in the NFL. He, I I honestly, I don't know how the saga ends for acres in Los Angeles. Maybe he, he patches things up and becomes the guy again. Like we, we thought he would when he was a rookie, but uh, boy, that what a strange saga when it comes to the Rams and in 2022. And I hope there's some more clarity on it in 2023, but yeah, like I said, 46% owned probably means he is owned in your league, but just I would just check, right? Because there's a very good chance someone just gave up or was fed up and dropped him. Uh, my last one for you, man, I'm just going to throw this out there quickly. Tyler Huntley, 1% owned, Baltimore Ravens, backup QB. Again, Lamar Jackson, he, I think he had like a sprained PCL, so I don't think he's going to be out for a very long period of time, but there's a chance that he is out for, like it's pretty likely he is out for this coming week, week 14, and I guess there's a chance he is out in week 15, right? So of course week 14 for a lot of people is either the first week of the playoffs or the last week of the regular season and week 15, you know, you go from there. But if Tyler Huntley is available, let's say you're in a two QB league. If you're in a one QB league, again, Tyler Huntley, probably not the guy you want to start unless you're like severely by week hell injury hell. But if you're in a two QB league, chances are Tyler Huntley is someone you could go after because again, like the, the Huntley led offense and he only really came in pretty late. So it's not like he had a lot of time there, but at the same time, he 
we saw last year, he does have a grasp of the Baltimore Ravens offense to the point where he can direct it. The Bal- the Broncos probably are not the best matchup for him because even when the rest of the team stinks, like the defense is pretty good. But Tyler Huntley, I think, is someone, especially in two QB leagues, Matt, who should be rostered. And uh, maybe as a bonus, if you're a Mark Andrews owner, you're probably loving the news that Tyler Huntley is the guy because, boy, he loves throwing the ball to Mark Andrews. That was the first thing that came to my mind was I have Mark Andrews in a couple (laughs) leagues and I went, yes, okay, we're okay here. Um, But when we look at the game, you know, completed 84% of his passes, his, his average, uh, average per completion was only 5.8 yards. He was 27 of 32 for 187, but he had 10 carries for 41 yards. The thing with Tyler Huntley is what you really love is that there is a rushing floor. So in five starts last year when he took over for Lamar Jackson, the lowest rushing total he had was 40 yards. And then that and that was the first week against Chicago. After that, he had 45 against Cleveland, 73 and two rushing touchdowns against Green Bay, 54 against the Rams, and then 72 against the Steelers, who he plays this week. And last time I checked, the Steelers' defense isn't as good as it was last year. So I do think that there is some value here with Tyler Huntley. Like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to starting him this week. Like, I he is a guy that I may pick up. It's between him and Mike White, kind of, for who to pick up and, and start this coming week. I have Mark Andrews, so I may pair Huntley with Mark Andrews. I don't have an issue with that. But it's a situation where if you like mobile quarterbacks and a guy that has had success in that offense, even though he is a backup quarterback. I mean, you could do a lot worse than Tyler Huntley. I just love the rushing upside that he brings every week. I 100% agree with you, Matt. And I'm just looking at the schedule for the Ravens. Um, I, I, so I believe the reason I brought up Huntley in the first place is because I do agree that the Steelers are a soft defense. So if Huntley does play, he probably will pose some issues for them. Uh, And again, it certainly looks like at this juncture that Lamar Jackson will miss at least week 14. So you can probably pencil Huntley in for uh, a week 14 start against the Steelers. Week 15, they play the Browns. And that's a Saturday game, actually. I just want to keep that in mind. So you'll have to to set your lineups in the playoffs a little differently in uh, in week 15. But we can talk about that on the next edition of the Waiver Wire podcast. But, But still, you look at the the Ravens matchup against the Cleveland Browns and the Browns also don't exactly have the most stout of defenses. I know they just scored like 30 something fantasy points against the, uh, the Houston Texans. And, and again, like, well, you just said it right there, the Houston Texans. Exactly. Like if Kyle Allen is bad, right? Like we knew, we knew we've known this for quite some time. And that was a meltdown of epic proportions for the Houston Texans. Something tells me the Baltimore Ravens who are even with Tyler Huntley, at quarterback are just a better run franchise from like, just from top to bottom than the Houston Texans are. There's continuity there. I'm not as worried about Tyler Huntley against the Houston or pardon me, the Cleveland Browns defense. And we also know the Browns defense is pretty soft and susceptible to the run. So, I mean, whether, whether it's Huntley himself or whether it's the other running backs on the Baltimore Ravens team, I think the, like you shouldn't feel squeamish if Lamar Jackson misses week 15 as well, which is within the realm of possibility. If you do have to start Tyler Huntley. Yeah. And the, the the Browns are just like, I mean, what a, what a disaster. (laughs) Yeah. They look bad. They needed, they needed two defensive touchdowns and a punt return to beat the Houston Texans. I'm sorry, but that's that's just not good enough. Because last time I checked, Houston sucks. Like, they're in the running for the first overall pick. They stink. Um, and Deshaun Watson, what did we say about Deshaun Watson in that game? Temper your expectations because he hasn't played football in two years. And guess what? 
He looked like he hadn't played football in two years. Yeah. What a surprise. Yeah. He looked like a guy who hadn't played football in, in almost 700 days. <laughs> like that is an insane amount of time to be given like a fat contract and then also be expected to perform right away. I'm just glad on the text line, we talked people out of, of starting Deshaun Watson. Like I hope, I hope some people listened. Actually, I, there was actually another guy. I don't remember this, Matt, but there was someone else who and I'm blanking on the name, but someone else had recommended uh, that we start. Uh, th- someone had asked if it was, if we should start Dak over Gino and you and I told him to start Gino over Dak. And it's not that Dak had a bad game by any means, but Gino had a better game. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping that guy did start Geno Smith. And again, if you do want to get your questions in every Sunday morning, you can, uh, you can text us at five ninety five ninety name and location. And we'll answer as many questions on the air as humanly possible on the people's text line. But yeah, that wraps up the waiver wire pickups for, uh, for week 13, or I guess for ahead of week 14, I wanted to get to my keeper question for you really quickly before we go. If you, I'm going I'm to ask you this for my league in particular, but still this kind of applies to, to everyone who owns Garrett Wilson. So my league for keeper this is the first year we're doing keepers in this particular league. Okay, Matt. And uh, the way it works is you get to keep a player and you give up. I think you can't keep anyone who was drafted in the first three rounds and you give up the round, a pick in the round before you drafted that guy initially, right? So if you drafted a guy in like the sixth round and you keep him, you give up a fifth round pick to keep that guy sure. in the following year's draft, right? Uh, Garrett Wilson was drafted in the 15th round in this particular league. And now I have the option of keeping Garrett Wilson for a, what would be a 14th round pick, or I have the option of keeping Travis Etienne who was drafted in the sixth round for a fifth round pick. What do you think is the better value? I'm inclined to say it's a three wide receiver league. I'm inclined to say it is Garrett Wilson because the value is so crazy, but at the same time, it's really hard to find like, I don't want to call necessarily call Etienne a, a bell cow, but I mean, he's, as, he's kind of as close as you get these days to that. Right. Yeah, he really is. I, it's a, it's a really interesting conundrum. I'm not going to lie. Like there, you could have worse problems. Um, the thing with the thing with Wilson is, Who's starting at quarterback next year for the New York Jets? Like that, that's my concern. Like, I don't think it's Mike White based on what they've invested, but if Mike White goes out and leads this team to the playoffs, how is it not Mike White? Right? Unless they decide that, okay, we're just going to trade Mike White and we're going to ride Zach Wilson here and we'll figure it out with him. I mean, is there time for Zach Wilson to figure it out? Sure. It's the second year in the league. Like that, it's fine. But you know what you're getting with Travis Etienne. And I, I know the allure of keeping running backs because it is, you know, it feels like it's such a, a sparse uh, position. But when we really look at it, show, look at who's performing late in the year. You've got Tony Pollard had another big game. You've got Ramondre Stevenson, who was drafted late. You know, Travis Etienne at first was drafted later because um, he was coming off the injury. Rashad White is a guy that's coming on late in the year. Like, so that's why I think I would rather keep the wide receiver and, and see what happens at running back just because it's such a volatile position. Like, so how many people were counting on James Conner this year? Yeah. And it hasn't been the same type of season. Look at, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, we can go down the list. Um, got DeAndre Swift. You know, and people spent a high draft capital on him, J.K. Dobbins. So well, look at Josh I, Jacobs, right? Like, who who thought Josh Jacobs would be maybe like a chance at being the RB one, and he was probably drafted like well past 
probably, I don't know, probably maybe not super late, but drafted well past a lot of the guys who were underperforming, right? Sure. And what about like, you know, a guy that, that we that were watching with Tampa Bay and Leonard Fournette was drafted fairly high and Rashad White's kind of taken his job um, outside of his fumble, which cost him some playing time late in this game. But um, I just look at it and I look at the incoming running back class, like Bijan Robinson's going to be there. Jameer yeah. Gibbs is going to be there. Uh, like there's some really good running backs coming out of this draft. So I think there's going to be a lot of depth at the position. Whereas, you know, like we're talking Garrett Wilson being elite. Now we talked about Elijah Moore being elite too. And he's disappeared in this offense. Although he did run the most routes for any New York jet. So uh, a long winded answer to your short question. I, I still think as much as I love Travis Etienne, you know, I love Travis Etienne. I think I'm keeping Garrett Wilson in that. In that, I th- just think having the value late in the draft while keeping an earlier pick is a no-brainer at this point, especially when you can get a stud like that. Would you keep Bre- an injured Brees Hall for that same amount of draft capital? Like, let's say it's a fifth. I don't know. I don't know what it would be, I think, because I don't have Brees Hall. But, like, I know that's this conversation going on in a bunch of leagues right now, especially keeper leagues. So if you're in a dynasty league, obviously you're just keeping everyone. But if you're in a keeper league, do you keep – Brees Hall for what would be a, I don't know, like a fifth round draft pick probably under these rules, given his injury. That's a really, I'm less concerned about the injury because, you know, running backs come back from those seamlessly in most cases, like ACL injury is not a career damning injury. Like it used to be. Right. So with that being said, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a, opposed to it but again the same thing applies like we're talking about you can't keep you can't keep players you took in the first three rounds while you're talking about austin eckler i'm assuming austin eckler nick chubb jonathan taylor like those are the guys that are going to be available so for me i would almost not take the chance and then if he's there i just pick him up if i can and then just see how your roster is constructed to that point yeah, I love the keeper decisions. Keeper decisions are so much fun. Like they're so because they're so they're like they're so different for every single league. Like I mean, that's one league I'm in. Another league I'm in, you can you have you can keep five keepers, but like there's it's an auction league, so it's like the draft dollars kind of go into it and and all the different things. You can only keep a guy for 3 years or you can extend a guy and and, and if you extend a guy, it costs you more. Like it's just I find the keeper rules in the various leagues so fascinating and now that we're at the the kind of the end of the regular season, uh just about for for a lot of teams if not most teams then I, I'm really looking forward to getting more keeper questions. And again, you can always tweet us or text us at five ninety five ninety because I, I look forward to a lot of these questions. For, for I mean, look, I made the playoffs in a couple leagues. I didn't make the playoffs in another another handful of leagues. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat if you're in multiple leagues. So I uh, I welcome all those questions. But yeah, I just wanted to throw a couple by you, and I'm sure we'll get a couple more. Um, are you in any keeper leagues? Or are you like I know you're in a couple dynasty leagues. But are you in any like just like straight up keeper like half keeper half redraft leagues? Yeah, so I've got one keeper league. We're actually dropping it from three keepers to two. Okay. Um, so I made the decision to basically trade away my first four round picks just to try and make oh. some noise. And and that's where I lost Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> right, right. So that's fun. Um, and then I'm in two dynasty leagues. So the rest are the rest are redraft. But I the, I do I do love the idea of drafting. Like our work league, we we we've gone to a, a, a an auction style which is fine um i do like the whole just draft part 
so I that's why I like keeper leagues. I think three is probably a good number. Two is not bad. Um, I don't love the idea of one, but I, I do like the different formats. For me, I just I my favorite is dynasty though. I love building teams like you know the the team my home league team. This is the first year that I've sold off assets. Like I mentioned on the show, I traded away Travis Kelsey. I traded away Mike Evans. I traded away Tyler Lockett. And I've tried to recoup some assets for them. And I think that that's really fun. And and getting to getting to know the 2023 um, college class that's coming in, like there's some, there's some real studs there. So that part's really fun. And you don't get that as much when you do redraft. That is true. I, I, I'll i tell you this. If there's one thing I've learned from this year, and again, maybe it's something I should have just known better. I should, I should have known better coming into the year, but I will say next year, I, I honestly don't think I care which team Bijan Robinson gets drafted to. That man is going to be on my team next year. I, I don't care. It's like the Brees Hall thing. I saw the Brees Hall drafting spot. And I thought to myself, oh, that stinks. Yeah. Boo. Boo Jets. Boo. Boo this man. Yeah. Boo this man. <laughs> and and you know what? He was pretty great, right? It's just the injuries what derailed things. Otherwise, he'd probably be RB1 or like at worst RB3 on the entire season, right? Given the way things were going and given the amount of run literally he was getting uh from that Jets offense. But anyways, that's a that's a longer conversation for the for another episode. Uh that's Matt Marchese. I'm Show Ali. We appreciate you listening to the podcast edition of the Fantasy show we will be back live on sunday morning from 8 to 10 a.m eastern across the Sportsnet radio network again you can send us your text text line questions at 590 590 on the people's text line leave your name and location if you do decide to do so you can follow us on twitter and ask us questions there as well at sns alley with two l's at maddie mar 89 at the fantasy show on twitter but we'll talk to you on sunday you've been listening to the fantasy show on the Sportsnet radio network